1: Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that help craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. In this edition, you will hear some really unique combinations that are taking place out of a new business idea by somebody I met in a Facebook group that I belong to. Christina Benedetti is amazing in what she is starting in her particular experience through COVID-19 and the dream that has become very clear to her and how she's taking a normally hands-on experience and taking it virtually. Be sure to listen all the way to the end where you can find out information on how to reach out to Christina and get more information about her virtual cookie ice night. Of course, there must be a little bit of wine involved here, so please sit on back, grab your favorite glass of wine, enjoy this show with Christina, and grab your girlfriends and maybe host a virtual cookie ice night where wine, cookies, and finance can all come together. Well, welcome to the show, Christina. For those listening, um, and as you heard in the intro, I have Christina Benedetti on the Wine and Dime podcast today. Very excited to have her. She and I connected in a fabulous group called Women Taking the Lead, and um, she's got some amazing stories and journeys to share with all of us today, and she does one of our Favorite, favorite things. She actually is more advanced than I am in the wine environment. Um, she, I think you said you took some classes, which we'll get into and she does something really cool. Where I combine it with finance, she combines it with cookies. What could be better? <laughs> so, Christina, <laughs> welcome to the show.
0: Wife the introduction. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Amy. I was honored when you reached out.
1: Oh, well, I think your journey, your story is so amazing. And I think, um, I think one of the things that just struck me about your journey is that um, some of it came as a result of or is coming, um, I guess the direction of it is coming as a result of everything that has happened so far in 2020 under COVID and you coming to a realization of some things that you're, you are, and are not passionate about in your life's journey. So before we dig into all of that little tidbit of amazing information, let's start with our wine tip selection, Uh, This month, we are drinking a Bully Hill wine here in upstate New York. Some of it is because it was such a kind gift that I received from a client of mine. And some of it is because I am back here in New York State and able to get directly from some of the wineries, although it's... you know, winery to trunk delivery. De I don't get to actually go into the wineries, so we're we're drinking some Bully Hill wine, and I happen to be drinking their Cab Franc, which is one of my favorites this week. But what would you be drinking if it was a Friday afternoon and we were reporting recording this podcast together?
0: Oh wow! Okay, so I will say I was kind of thinking of my favorite wine, which oddly enough, is not the same wine that I would be drinking if it were a Friday afternoon and we were recording this. (laughs) Well, let's do both (laughs) Uh, then. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I do think that, um, one of my favorite things that I've found has happened over like my wine journey is that I definitely have a certain favorite wine and I'll share that with you, but I found that like, it's also very dependent on what it is that I'm doing and everything. So, um, so my favorite wine I've got to tell you, I have not met one that I didn't enjoy. Um, And that is the Zinfandel, a red Zinfandel. I love bold, peppery, fruit forward reds. You know, I mean, I have met a red that is too bold. I have found that, but not yet a Zinfandel. They're always, you know, I found that I really prefer them from California. I think that they're really common from there. Um, And they just, they're what I like to call an appetizer wine, right? And what what I mean by that is, you know, you don't need to pair it with something you can, it goes lovely with so many different things. But I like to be sipping on a glass or two of that while I'm cooking dinner instead of just (laughs) with my dinner.
1: (laughs) Is there a particular brand that you love the most?
0: Oh, you know, so I got to say I do work for a winery. Um I give in-home wine tastings. Uh the winery that I work for is called Wine Shop at Home and we release uh new zinfandels every every couple months or so. Uh so I do think my favorite zinfandel that we'd had was the fog zinfandel. It was this it was just like you know when I found a wine that I love because this one in particular. I think it's the first time that I ever use the phrase. This smells what I imagine romance to smell like. You know, like mm-hmm. this wine, like the aroma, the bouquet, like this is everything that I want. Like a sultry weekend evening. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. Be. So I think that's where. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. probably it. It was a nice California one. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And so that's your favorite wine. What would you be drinking if it were Friday afternoon?
0: Oh, okay. So I just tried this Chardonnay and I've got to tell you, I am, I normally need to be, excuse me, I normally need to be in the mood for a Chardonnay. Um, when I'm in the mood for, and when I say that, I mean a traditional Chardonnay, right? So Mm -hmm. buttery, oaky, heavy. Um, and often I drink it in the cooler weather. That being said, I just found, um, again, it's one of my wineries, uh, Chardonnays. It is called the Fact Chardonnay. And this Chardonnay is light. It is, it's got a real fruitiness to it, but it's not super sweet. Like it's not a sweet wine, but it's got this like, um, it's bright and it's refreshing and it still has a little bit of that buttery undertone, a little bit of that oaky like caramel, um, just like soft undertone to it. So, but it's been, it was so unexpected. I tried it the other night because um, it just came in, a, in something that I get regularly and I did not expect to fall in love with it. And man, did I. So right now with it just being like a nice, relaxing Friday afternoon, you know, that's I like to feel
1: that refreshing kind of flavor. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's, and Chardonnay can be tricky because I am, I am not a huge fan of the steel barrel aged Chardonnay, although I have found one out of Pennsylvania that I enjoy. Um, I tend to be, I like it real buttery, real oaky. Um, I like my Chardonnays to be that way. Um, But in really hot weather, I will go for a steel barrel aged Chardonnay in a heartbeat. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, or a rosé. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. thank you for sharing. <laughs> and it's cool that you work for a winery because that fits right into our theme um, of, you know, the idea behind life's journey and life's goal and what everybody's vineyard looks like. So we will definitely put those in the show notes. I do have a quick question. Did you start out liking those kinds of wines? Because Zinfandel is a really heavy, advanced Palette wine, I think, for most people. It
0: it is. I would agree. Um, No, no. I, like many wine lovers, I hate making sweeping generalizations, especially being in the wine tasting business, because it can be very, I don't know. I just don't like making those kinds of generalizations. Mm -hmm. But like I would argue to say most wine drinkers, I started with sweeter wines and mm-hmm, then made mm-hmm. my way. I, and the reason I don't like talking about, you know, starting with sweeter wines, then moving to the drier whites, then moving into the tannic reds, you know, I don't love talking about that because I feel like that invalidates anyone who likes sweet wine, right? And mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. I can often imply like, Oh, you're just new to wine. That's why you like Riesling, you know? And it's not, it's not the case, but Oftentimes, I think when I talk about my journey with that and other people in the room will say, oh my God, I did the same thing. A lot of us do that. But yeah. um, but I will say, so I started with liking sweet wines and brought my way to more like the Sauvignon Blancs, the drier crisp whites, and then eventually started like toying around with the reds, started with Pinot. And then it got to the point where Malbecs and Zins were more of my mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. And then when I stumbled upon the winery uh, that I worked for about four years ago, those were the wines I liked. Bold reds, um, mm-hmm. definitely a bit more on the fruit forward with a bit of pepper. And I will tell you, since I started giving these wine tastings, because they base on whether or not, like whatever your, whatever, whoever's hosting a wine tasting, whatever their palate is, is the kind of wine that we're going to serve. So I started drinking sweeter wine more often due to like actually sharing, you know, guess who wanted to try that. So I have now, my favorite wines are well-crafted, sweet, fruit-forward wines. Not like, you know, not necessarily like the the barefoot and the Behringer, you know, but like Mm -hmm. a well-crafted Moscato blend, Riesling. I love when, when wineries do that and they do it well. And of course, I still love the Big Red. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think your point is valid. We'll, we'll move on to your journey, but I think your point is valid that, um, you know, d- just because you like sweet wine doesn't mean that that's in inferior to somebody who likes a dry red or a dry white wine. Um, that's something that's really important for, you know, when people say, "Oh, well, I like sweet. I'm like, you say it like that's wrong and it's not yeah, like at all.
0: Confess it- it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I really want to dig into your journey because, as I mentioned in the introduction, there are so many um, cool little nuggets. I guess you want to say about your journey, and and you and I are actually talking about potentially doing a fun event later this year where we'll somehow figure out how to do it remotely. But but let's dig into your journey just a, a tad bit and and talk about it because let me let me give just a little bit of history before I I open that up to you sharing your, your path. You had posted a comment that said, I realized some, this at the stay at home, this COVID event that we're having in our world today has made me realize something about what I want to do for a career, what I want to do for, you know, my life going forward. And it was such a bold, honest statement that I, that's why I reached out to you. I'm like, Hey, I'm hearing this from my clients. You are not the only person that I have heard this from. I'm hearing this more and more from my clients. People that have done a job and a good job for many, many years are saying, my life has slowed down. I've had time to think. I'm not sure I want to continue on the same path. What are my options? So that's why I reached out to you because I thought it was just so amazing how you put it out there in the universe. So let's now turn the broadcast over to you and share your journey of, of how you've come to where you're at right now. And the fact that, you know, it is somewhat wine related, just really adds some value to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I so appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and hearing you say that, I remember when you commented on that post and and you said i mean that's exactly what you said right that your clients they are saying this you think that this is something that multiple people are experiencing and it was so validating to hear that because right now during the quarantine you know we all are in different spaces we all have different people that we're connected to and i personally believe that who your network is is most of what you're observing Um, so, you know, if, if our network is mostly people who have lost their jobs, like we're going to see that, oh my gosh, this is an awful economy, right? Like we're all losing our jobs, you know, Mm -hmm. unemployment rate is going through the roof. Whereas if you're more like me and most people in my network are, you know, they're small business owners who are finding a way to go virtual with almost every aspect, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm seeing a lot more of. So, you know, it's just interesting that we're all observing different realities, um, and so, yeah, so I guess just to I'll backtrack a little bit, um, essentially, I am a creative person. I've always been creatively inclined. I've had multiple businesses in the past. The wine business was something I just ended up joining the winery, uh, you know, as a consultant, um, as an exit strategy to bartending back when I started my own marketing firm. So I started a marketing company, and... Um, and had it for about four years. It was my baby. I loved it. Um, I, that's what my background is in professionally, graphic design and the sort. And you know, when you start a business, you often, uh, are not making a ton of money on your (laughs) own. So that's why I was bartending. And so I decided to pick up the wine gig just to get out of bartending was supposed to be short term Here I'm four years later and I am happily employed with the winery, which is great. Um, there was a time in my past where I thought that the winery was going to be like my sole, you know, purpose for a career. And however, over a six month period or so that I was exploring that route after I had burned out uh, on the marketing Mm -hmm. business, I decided just to do the wine thing. And as I was doing that personally, I still love doing it, but it just, my needs were not being met. Like All like there was, and I didn't know what it was, but I found myself looking for a hobby. And in that time, I saw all of these gorgeous cake decorating videos. I don't know if you have ever gone either, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, but if you follow these cake decorating videos, they're just gorgeous. And I was watching them and I became obsessed with them. And I was like, I can do that. I can do that. You know, and I just felt so self-righteous. And then I did realize I was like, you know what? The cake world, if I actually want to try a hobby, the cake world is very intimidating. It is a very like one cake takes hours to create. Right. So if you mess that one cake up, which I'm likely to do when I'm brand new to a hobby, like, and I know myself, I will not be pleased with that amount of wasted time. So I thought, what can I do? That's like a cake, but smaller cookies. Right, and there's a whole world of the cookie art, and I was just shocked to see how big this real avenue was. So I decided to, uh, I decided to, I talked to my to my uh, now fiance about it, and I said, "Hey, you know, I think I kind of want to get into a new hobby. What do you think about this?" And he was just so excited that I had found something new that I wanted to like spend my time doing. And I even said outright. This is something I'm just going to do for fun. I want to create a brand that I can like post on Instagram and Facebook just so that like people can see like my journey, just so like I can just kind of have a space where I can collect all of my ridiculous, messy, awful cookies. Like, because, <laughs> you know, like I was just whatever. It's how I felt. And so that is how the messy cookie was born. The Messy Cookie is the name of my cookie bakery that is now today, absolutely my business. (laughs) And, um, but that's kind of the journey that got here. So, you know, there were little milestones along the way and, uh, you know, and I found myself saying, I'm not going to do this for a paycheck. I don't want to do that. I don't want to burn out like I did with the marketing company. Mm -hmm. And I was so specific on that, but after I did a set for my sister's wedding and I posted them to my page, I had, you know, friends saying, hey, you know, my son's graduating this year. Can you do some graduation cookies for him? Okay, I guess, you know. And then I had four more dozen get ordered from other people. (laughs) And I realized, wow, you know, like there's really an art here and people appreciate it. You know, there's a value to this skill that Mm. I'm developing. And I felt that sense whatever had been missing from my cup that I needed filled. Um, I felt it coming back and it was the most wonderful feeling. So meanwhile, I was still giving wine tastings, still enjoying that. But finally I was able to really utilize that creative drive that I had that when I stopped the marketing business, it just went away, you know? So, uh, (laughs) so In the meantime, uh, over that span of time, uh, my fiance and I, well, my now fiance and I, we had gotten engaged and we were planning a wedding and this little cookie hobby did not make me, I mean, I was getting random orders here and there, but you know, I was charging $2 a cookie. Like, you know, it was, it was not anything that I would say was bringing in any sort of real income. Um, So I realized I needed to have some sort of income coming in to like, just kind of, help pay for the wedding and pay bills, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's when I started working retail, um, for a kitchen establishment here in Maine and they're a great company. So I've been with them for a while now. It was awesome. They are, I'm able to pay my bills with my income from them. And then after all of the money made from wine and cookies was able to go to the wedding, you know, it all worked out really well. And I've been in this space and I've just been really enjoying it. I work full time, over the course of the of that period where I started working full-time in retail and pursuing wine and cookies together, cookies, the messy cookie really became where more of my passion was than the wine business. And when you are working 40 hours a week, it is very difficult to focus on two other businesses, you know, like, of course. So I found myself kind of detaching a little bit from the wine business. Unfortunately, I was still doing it, you know, but it was, my heart was not in it and my heart was in the cookie business, but I was just kind of going, going, going. And with no real plan in sight, Um, fast forward to the quarantine and to my employer saying, great, you know, nobody can work right now. And essentially I know it's a coincidence, but it is the best coincidence that not even a week before I had traveled down to Florida to see my sister and meet my beautiful niece. Um, And I did a lot of journaling and a lot of reflecting on what it is that I really want out of the messy cookie. And I realized uh, over the course of that last year, I had had some fun with the idea of doing these really awesome events that I call cookie ice nights. So a cookie ice night is like a paint night you can eat, right? Very simple concept. I am not like coming up with some novel thing that's never existed before, but it is very new to the area here. And I filled four classes, like four of these cookie ice nights at like, you know, a price ticket point that I feel very much proves that there is a, that there is a real possibility here in the future. So about a week before the quarantine and everything kind of hit with that, I thought to myself, I want to find a way I want to build the messy cookie into my full-time income. And I built a business strategy specifically around, specifically around these cookie ice nights, because I've been there before where I've burnt out on something I was passionate about. And so the cookie ice nights, business strategy was built in a way that will not burn me out. It is a realistic, tangible business model. And I was thrilled because I was coming up with this idea. I just started to rent a commercial kitchen space and they have a space where I'll be able to host these cookie ice nights. And I mean, their events person and I were just like vibing off of each other. It was going so great. And then bam, you know, here we are. Sorry, you wanted to do cookie ice nights in person. Ah, yeah. no, thank you. So that's when I then got to live as though wine shop at home and the messy cookie were my sole sources of income. And because of the glorious nature of every state's unemployment issues at the moment, right? The offices and, you know, everyone was struggling to receive assistance. Um, we are fortunate. My fiance's uh, Company is, is, his job is essential. So, you know, we were comfortable enough. Um, I have been living financially as though the messy cookie and the wine business were my only sources of income. And so I got down to business. In the meantime, uh, a contact, uh, well, actually, she is, she is someone who had heard about me through my cookie ice nights, a contact at Wayfair reached out. To have me do a virtual cookie class for them, which was fantastic, that opportunity. And I just started thriving. I, oh my goodness, in my kitchen, I decided to, I moved my kitchen table out of the kitchen one day. My fiance was not home. I was like, executive decision, we are turning. I need like an actual workspace where I feel like it's my little cookie cove. And I, you know, I just need to do it. So I moved the kit. I took the kitchen table apart and put it in another room and (laughs) brought my beautiful white desk out. And I have like half of it as a little computer station. The other half is where I could practice everything and ice my cookies and play along and stuff and just have fun. And this has become my workspace. And once I did that, I mean, I just, orders have been rolling in, you know, people are just wanting to spread cheer you know, because that's the thing about cookies and something that I learned over the last year is that, you know, this cookie business, yes, it's a skill and it's something that I think is fun and that I enjoy, but it is something, the value isn't intangible, the value, I mean, okay, the value can be tangible, right? Like if you're hosting a bridal shower, okay, and you want to have some Mm -hmm. really beautiful, delicate, Gorgeous cookies that match the invitations, you know, on a display table. That's great, right? And and that's there. That's not why I do these. I do these for the people that want to spread a little bit of cheer and for people that say, oh my gosh, my mom loves flowers. Whatever design you want to do with flowers, I just know she'll love it. I love all the work you do. You know, like, and meanwhile, kind of a pause here. Back in college, I studied watercolor. I love Watercolor. I don't do it anymore because, you know, uh, life, we're adults, we lose time and, you know, whatever. But I have started integrating watercolor back into my life through these cookies and people are loving them and I love them. So over the course of the quarantine, when I wrote that comment, I was scared because I had had this plan. I had this business plan right before the quarantine of, okay, I'm going to stay working full time for the next 18 to 24 months. And I'm going to eventually edge my way out to be able to do the messy cookie full time in 18 to 24 months. And over the course of the quarantine, I have now realized that, nope, I want this sooner I want it. I won't say now I am realistic. I want to do this the smart way, mm-hmm. but it was terrifying when I realized, no, I don't want to keep working full-time elsewhere, even mm-hmm. though it may be financially smarter to do, but our wedding is now basically paid off. Oh yeah, we are supposed to get married uh, June 28th. And now we're not getting married until next year, which is fine. It's a bummer, Mm,
1: whatever. I'm to hear that.
0: Mm. Oh, thank you. It is, you know, it is what it is. I've had my moment of, you know, I have moments of being sad for it. And, and, you know, it is what it is, but, but we want to be able to share our big day with everyone feeling like we can hug each other and dance and, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and fortunately our vendors have been like amazing. So all that's fine. But now, I mean, the good side is that our wedding's almost paid off. I don't need that full-time income. Like, you know what I mean? I'm in a d- different financial place now. And, uh, I realized that I miss being self-employed and <laughs> that's where I am now.
1: <laughs> so I love it. I love every part of that. and um, the fact that you recognize that this is not going to be an easy journey and that you've done the math to figure out what you need to actually earn from the business in order to, you know, have the business be your primary source of income. The fact that you've overcome adversity at the start of a business during a hopefully once-in-a-lifetime situation where you're, um, you know, thinking about, okay, let's start a business and then all of a sudden you know, thinking it's going to be a per- in-person business and all of a sudden saying, well, nope, back to the drawing board. How do I make this work? Um, and, and did, and did, I mean, you obviously had some good contacts and kept working those contacts and now you're doing what I would call um, wine and cookie events. Right. I mean, so, so now, now you're bringing the two together in some cases. Yeah.
0: So actually, can I jump in there really quick? Because I, um, yes, I do. So, so for these cookie ice nights that I'd started doing, um, I would, uh, basically there are ways to bring wine into the event. And because I've served wine professionally for years, I know how much to safely and responsibly serve, um, you know, Uh, So I've been able to have some fun with bringing wine into these events. Now, just to touch on the whole um, trying to be innovative in a time that we cannot meet in person. And yes, I worked with Wayfair. That was fantastic. Um, But I'm realizing that, you know, working with companies like Wayfair, while that's an avenue for sure for a stream of income, I think my I don't think my passion is working with the crowd who wanted to do these cookie ice nights, right? These women, you know, let's say anywhere between the ages of like 35 and like, I don't know, probably 65, 70. And because these are people who just want a break from their daily life. They want a two hour break from being called mom. And, you know, to be able to enjoy a glass of something bubbly and hanging out with their friends in this environment that I thought that it was just Like, oh, great. People want to do cookies. This is going to be fun. Yes, it is fun. And that's such a great part of it. But I found that, you know, you come to these classes and because essentially it's a class, right? Like I don't market it as a class because I don't want people to think that they're like learning. I don't want them to be like taunted by that. But but essentially it's just a super duper beginner, have a glass of something fun while you're hanging out and, and picking up a skill. But, you know, in the beginning of them, these women are saying, you know, oh my God, I don't have an artistic bone in my body. I'm just so happy I can eat the evidence, right? Yeah, yeah. Me, me, me. Yes, And, and that's great because, you know, nobody comes, well, not nobody. The vast majority of people who come to these things, they're not people who are like, oh, I want to be a professional baker. You know, no, like they just are like, oh, this sounds fun. Cookies, icing, like I don't need to bring anything and my girlfriend and I can go out and we're not going to the bar, like, That's a fun, unique kind of thing to do. So I've just been finding that like by the end of it, they have a couple cookies in front of them and some of which actually look like something they could see at the local coffee shop that's being sold behind the case, you know, and, and the sense of pride that a lot of people take, even like, it's almost like that quiet pride that I sense that is even more magical for me that like. Like, I just feel like I'm able to help. And it's so subconscious, you know, like, it's not like women are like, wow, look at how amazing I am. It's not even, (laughs) you know, it's not that women are having that impact, but it is that I can feel like I'm helping almost like fill their cup a little bit, the way that I was missing out for so long when I Mm -hmm. found the cookies. So Mm -hmm. it just feels so like I just even get tingly talking about it, you know, and I feel so honored that I'm, that I get to share this with people. So what I decided is that, um, I did realize that even once the quarantine starts to lift, I don't know when I'm going to feel comfortable pulling 12, 15 women together in a room again. And that that's a very real future. So, uh, looks like I got to start doing these virtually. And so I have my first test run class going in two weeks that I have, uh, 10 participants signed up for, and we are going to be working out the kinks and I've been doing research and taking classes on giving classes. And, um, yeah, so virtual cookie ice nights are happening now and I'm going to be having two booked in June and then two again in July and two again in August. And, uh, we're going to have some fun with this. So I'm really excited to see the different ways and just bring it back to the wine thing. I think it will be kind of fun. Like, you know, we can do... Like some that are themed more toward like wine lovers, you know, and great, you know, BYOB, bring your own bottle, you know, talk to us about what wine you brought tonight for the virtual cookie ice night, you know, and uh, just have a good time, like with that kind of avenue instead.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the idea behind making this a virtual event, you know, we could have people out. I mean, technically with these 10 people, they could... Some could be in Florida, some could be in Maine, some could be in New York, some could be in California. You can be, well, you could be in a different country altogether actually. So the idea is to bring people together. And, um, and I've had some like virtual cocktail hours with some of my friends throughout this event to just be able to connect and check in with people. But if you were to Like, I'm a perfect candidate for this because I raised my hand and said, I'm the person who has like zero artistic ability, but I'm willing to try anything. And, you know, if you can guide me through it, I may never do this ever again, but if you can guide me through it, then sure, I'll get a bunch of girls together, girlfriends together, and we can laugh and have a glass of two of wine and design our cookie and then you know, enjoy that time together. It's something that we can do together right now. It sort of brings some level of, I have, I can bring some control to my day in an, in a, a point in time in our lives where we have no control over something. But even beyond that, even beyond this particular situation, um, you know, taking it out a year or two years when we can get together as a group. Yeah. This is something fun to get together, but we're such a global and mobile group of people anymore that many of my friends aren't local. So this is something that can bring us together in that environment as well. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking about even that beyond like this current environment, what, what this is going to be in the future. And I'm very excited for you.
0: Thank you so much. That's such a great, I'm like writing down notes as you're talking because <laughs> I love, I love that idea. You know, I, quite frankly, I mean, I have not even thought about the idea of continuing these virtually past, you know, the point of me, but you're right. I mean, especially You know, how fun could it be if we did this virtually and like we planned it like, like what if I did packages where it's like quarterly, you know, so you and like, like, you know, you could do it with your family, you could do it with your friends that like live in California and wherever. and Oh, that is so fun. Oh my God. I'm someone who also has like just people move, right? Like you said, we're mobile, like as people, especially in a time, in an age where self employment is so high. Right. And mm-hmm. we're so encouraged to like really enjoy and like we're able to work from wherever. So a lot of people are doing that.
1: Yeah. And oh, yeah.
0: oh, I just love that. I hadn't thought of
1: that. Thank you. Well, and you take somebody like me who who lives part of the year in New York and part of the year in Florida, and we have a financial planner that's in Oklahoma that we interact with. And then, you know, sometimes I can be in person with any of them, but it's really hard for all of us to be in the same location. What a te- fun team building event. I mean, so even beyond like doing this with friends, um, you know, we're strong believers at our firm that we want to work with people that we would hang out with, even if we didn't work together. So we really, it's really, really, really important that we look at taking time to get to know people on a very social environment as well, because they're the ones that we do spend, even if it's not in person, the majority of our lives with. So that's why it's so important to to be friends in addition to colleagues, right? So I want to explore just a little bit further. Um, You mentioned that your boyfriend was very encouraging for you to do this. Uh, Were there other people that were really big influences in your life that have said to you, you know, try this. Don't be afraid of this. Follow your dream. Be smart, but follow your dream. And and did they give you anything that you should look out for? Any risks that you should be aware of?
0: I will say, at first of all, yes. Um, I am a very blessed individual in the sense, well, in many senses, but especially in the sense that I have a very supportive atmosphere. Um, I was very. I, I surround myself with supportive people. One of my closest friends, as a matter of fact, all of my close friends have all been like, oh, that's fun. You know, like have fun with that. That's great. You know, you're so naturally inclined to this. Well, actually, really funny. I used to not be able to like bake a pan of brownies without burning them. So (laughs) the baking part of this was a little bit surprising to all of us. But the artistic side of it, yes, like everyone was so... And I think just so excited because I hadn't wanted to find a new hobby, you know, I don't know, like I'm in my thirties, like, like whatever's in me is in me. You know what I mean? And, uh, (laughs) I wasn't interested in finding anything new for the longest time, but that being said, uh, so my fiance's support cannot be understated. He is the reason I'm able to be doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, it it, it there's been a, quite a few leaps. Even now, you know, we had a regroup the other night. We talked for over two hours and set a timeline to be able to change a lot of the direction of my career right now. And you know, and his support is how I'm able to feel confident to move forward with that. Um, beyond him, yeah, you know, my parents are supportive and everything. But I do have one friend who she was supportive of the Cookie Ice Night. Beyond beyond like a base layer of support. She's basically the reason I even felt comfortable doing this. Her name's Lauren. She actually, um, do you mind if I like mention her business? Cause she has an awesome,
1: not at all, business. please.
0: Cool. Um, her name is Lauren Lear and Lauren Lear photography is for business. Um, she is a food photographer and stylist and she's phenomenal. Um, a really, really close friend of mine. And she and I, we typically meet up for coffee and just, you know, just brainstorm together, just have some fun across all our business ventures and everything. And she was the one who really pushed me. And I and she pushed me to not only do the cookie ice night, but, you know, uh, when you start to offer something, you... She's the one who pushed me to feel confident about my price point, to, f- to push myself past the area of, com- of comfort, you know? And she's ordered, I mean, so many countless orders from me, you know? And just, she's just been one of my biggest supporters, like basically the reason that I feel as confident to move forward. And the thing is that with Cookie Ice Nights, what's so special about, uh? In my business plan, what's so special about them is that I was terrified to do the messy cookie full time because I knew from my experience with burnout in the past that if I built an entire business on needing to decorate custom cookies, I will burn out in a matter of time Um, because that's quite a demand of physical labor. and. So if I didn't have cookie ice nights, which she is absolutely like the reason that I felt so confident to even try it, let alone do a second one and a third one. And ooh, what if I don't, what if I don't, you know, offer this one to my like tribe of followers? What if I just pay for, you know, social media ads, you know, go for it. Yes. And then filling it up that way, you know, um, if I didn't have that support. I wouldn't have this business model Mm -hmm, that I'll be mm -hmm. able to
1: build the business off of. Mm -hmm. Well, two things I want to capture in that, and then we'll, we'll move on a little bit, but two things is that, um, the fact that you and your fiance are having these conversations, that's super, super critical. Um, when you're starting your own business and, uh, looking at revenue streams changing significantly, that's one of the One of the places that um, I see often becomes a little bit of an issue when one person is starting a company and becoming somewhat dependent on the other person's income is that there's not really good communication. So, kudos to the two of you for keeping that communication solid. And then, secondly, having people around you, and in your case, you're a really good girlfriend, having, you said, Lauren. Having her around you um, to remind you of your special talent and how valuable it is and that if everybody could do it, everybody would be doing it and everybody's not. And so that you've got something special that you have to remember is worth something that you need to charge for. Because that imposter syndrome is, and I will be very honest, it's something I have struggled with my entire career, um, still continue to struggle with. And people are, are often surprised to hear that. Um, but it is real. And it's when I get around people that remind me of my special talent and my knowledge and my experience and And how I can affect people's lives that I'm reminded, yep, that is worth something like there is a value there and I do need to charge for it and I'm helping them be successful. I need to make sure I'm keeping myself successful as well. So, so I just wanted to kind of bring that to the the forefront because I think it often is something that's overlooked when people are talking about starting their own business, that we look at the success that somebody has had, but we often don't hone in on some of the struggles that are from point A to point B. So kudos to you and your fiance and to your friend for recognizing the value that you bring to the table. So speaking about obstacles and challenges, um, has there ever, has there been in this journey, you know, something that your mind has gotten in the way of your body, (laughs) you know, those obstacles that you can share um, with the listeners that you were afraid or that you're, you know, and now you're facing those.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, God, you know, even charging for cookies was terrifying. You know, it's a sugar cookie. Who's going to want to pay for a sugar cookie? You know, that, which that was difficult, right? And, And maybe that's, that's probably too, you know, minimal, but at the time, it
1: felt no, no, no. it's, myself, you get, it's right? your mind getting in the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: It, and then once it was like, okay, great, I'll charge sugar cookies. When I decided to up my game, you know, when I decided, and by that, I mean like to, you know, to really question what it's worth and, and accepting the fact that not everyone is my customer and that's okay. That was really hard, but that was a way that I worked through kind of facing that. Um, the next thing was definitely the cookie ice nights. Um, I was, I was talking with some other girlfriends who helped me really think of the idea. And, you know, one of my, uh, one of my other best friends was like, yeah, you need to try this, you know? And, but hearing that it's, it is so terrifying because, well, but I'm not a professional. I wasn't professionally trained. I taught myself how to bake. I've only been doing this for six months. Who's going to want, you know, my cookies aren't that good. What if they look up the other people who do cookies? You know, all of that. But, but,
1: but, 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 but. but.
0: (laughs) Yes, You know, and even right now, so I've got something going. I've got some irons in the fire for a really big new project I'm taking on, like a new product, Um, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, And again, I'm getting support from those spaces that we just talked about and some other friends that I have that are very supportive of it. But, you know, um, you know, there are those people in your life who they care about you. So because Mm -hmm. of that, they want to make sure that, you know, what could go wrong only not because they don't think you can't do it, but because They love you and they don't want to see you hurt if you haven't thought about this way that your idea cannot work. Mm -hmm. And if you are, you know, like me, of course, you've already thought about that way that it might not work, but you're, you know, trying to will yourself through it to like, to try this new thing anyway. But that's been with this new idea. I've been in that space where, you know, just speaking with a couple people who are very supportive of the idea, but just saying, you know, do you think that people are really going to pay for X, Y, Z, you know, like it's. That is, that's a, a, an issue I think I'm having right now, but it's really just trying to put space between it.
1: Yeah. The, the, the comment that I will make to that is when people, you know, or you have the thought of, is this going to, what if this doesn't succeed, then you can look at it differently and say, but what if it does?
0: Right. My favorite quote. Oh my gosh. Right. Seriously. Amy, my favorite quote is what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Like, what if?
1: Exactly. Okay,
0: so if nobody wants to do this thing, that's fine. I'll just do a different thing. Right.
1: Right. I love that. So, and I would encourage other people to have that. If there's anything that you take out of this particular um, conversation is to remember that we can, we can doubt ourselves to never achieving our desired life. And we can encourage ourselves to at least give it a try, you know, to at least, if you fail, you fail. I mean, I've failed. I've, I've failed even in my own business right now. There's been things that I've made decisions on and they've, they've been, failures and they're some of the best failures I've ever made in my whole life because they, they gave me a different direction to pivot in. And that's made the business even more successful. Like, so, so now I've become a little more comfortable with failure personally, because every time I failed, something has come along that's made the business better. That's made me better. That's made the situation better. So I sort of look for, and, you know, I'm cautious. I don't want to like say, I'm just throwing things to the wind, but at the same time, I don't let that fear of failure stand in my way. Like I used to. So I think that's, that's great that, you know, you're thinking of it in that, that same light. Um, If there's anything that you now could look at and think, well, I'd like to replant, right? So when we think of a vineyard um, and you think of how a vineyard is structured and different, gri- different grapes are usually planted in different parts of the vineyard based on the needs of the grape, right? So there's always the option of pulling that section of the vineyard out and replacing it with a different grape because, you know, maybe a, a different grape will, will be better in that location. If there was one thing right now in your life that you would love to replant, um, or are thinking about replanting. What is that?
0: Oh my goodness. Um, so does this need to be related to the cookie business or in general?
1: No, it can be anything.
0: Um, so, uh, in my wine business, um, I'm actively working on, I would say I'm actively working on replanting. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, I guess, the way that I look at replanting is kind of, you know, not necessarily hindsight twenty twenty, but just realizing what may be a better step going forward, and and I am currently working on restructuring, um, how I spend my time, what I find the most important aspects of my business to be. And realizing that while I could be doing one thing and yes, that might be more immediate dollar signs or whatever, mm-hmm. right. I mean, it's a bit, it's, you know, it's a job. I do it from, you know, as much as I love wine, like I do it to get paid. Um, so there are certain ways that I've run the business that have definitely brought more, uh, more benefits, um, financially, but realizing that if I'm making room for this new business of the messy cookie, I need to readjust that. And I need to start reprioritizing as to what the most important parts of the business are. And it's not that one part that I've been focusing on. It's this whole other part, you know, and helping others in this, in this wine world. So yeah, that's what I'm replanting, how I run that.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, and I'm sure that the production that comes out of that section that you're replacing is going to be fabulous. So I have one final question that I want to ask you before we move into our Nourish Your Vines section. And that is, tell me, what is your definition of success?
0: My definition of success, I think that I look a lot at success, like the idea of looking at happy, um, meaning that part of it is an act of choice, uh, to Mm -hmm. observe and to take the time to reflect, um, because you can be successful without like, you know, without wanting to stop, right. Without wanting to stop growing and developing and getting better, um, I think that when life is in harmony with you know, with, with all aspects, like when you feel, don't get me wrong, like there are going to be sucky days and there's going to be stress and <laughs> there's going to be whatever. Like harmony does not mean like that you don't live in reality, right? Right. Um, but when relationships, both intimate and friend, you know, when those along with whatever your career path is, Even if it's not something that you're passionate about and you don't really care for it to be something that you're passionate about, but like, you don't, it's good, right? Like it's in this good place when all of these family relationships, career, and like self worth, when all of those are in harmony, I think that that's Mm -hmm. success.
1: I love your definition of success. I love it. And I think it's all, it's something we should all be striving for. And, um, you're right. There's moments where we all say, you know what? It's four o'clock. I don't care that the day isn't over. I'm done. And I just need to go grab a glass of wine and go like decompress myself. That in and of itself can be success, even though the rest of the day was not the direction that we thought it was gonna be, or it could be a month that's like that. So I want to thank you for sharing so much of your journey and move into the final section of our show, which is the Nourish Your Vine section, where we take just a few minutes for our guests to provide the listeners with the number one financial lesson that they've learned so far in their lives. And hopefully the listeners take away um, this lesson and utilize it in their lives in some way, shape and form.
0: The number one financial lesson I have learned is I think I'm going to cater towards self-employment just because that's I am in a different headspace financially when sure. I'm employed by someone else or not. Um, find, so I guess I guess the way to put it is when I am self-employed, I feel like finding the best, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, basically multiple streams of income through your skill um, that, that, and not all of them, right? Not all of them be selective, be really good at a few instead of trying to tackle all of it. That's it.
1: (laughs) I think that's so important when you're self-employed. And I think if anything, this environment that we're in right now has really, really stressed that because If you don't have multiple aspects of employment, you could really be in trouble right now. And if you're self-employed, wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Christina, for being on the show, for sharing your journey, for sharing that last tidbit of advice. How can people find out more about what you're doing? Um, How can they book a... A party with you tell us how they can reach you thank you um thank you again for having
0: me on here amy uh i would love 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 to chat with anyone uh the messy is my website i am very active on instagram uh my handle is the messy cookie with periods between each word and i'm also on facebook um i'm active across the board i have more information on my cookie ice nights uh, whether it's for team building morality moral oh my goodness morality moral uh, morale boosting there we go morale boosting or just for fun all of that's on my website as well. so I invite people to check that out and I'm very attentive in my inboxes and such so you know I'm happy to chat with anyone specifically about any needs they have.
1: Well, we'll have, um, we'll have that in the show notes. Um, we'll have a link to your Facebook page. Um, we will put your handle for Instagram in there as well as your email address and your website. So people can reach out to you if they've liked what they heard and they want to participate in putting on a event themselves or uh, gathering for an event, we will definitely um, put some information in the show notes around that. And again, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure.
1: <laughs> it has been.
0: And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website www.rootedpg.com